When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Hey there, spooky nerds. Welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network. Per usual, I am your host, journalist, author, and researcher of weird things, Aaron Sagers, also on 28 Days Haunted on Netflix, and Paranormal Caught on Camera on Travel Channel and the Max Streaming Service. So I was fortunate, very, very fortunate, in fact, to sit down for a brief chat with iconic director, composer, and avid gamer John Carpenter. We met up at New York Comic Con in mid-October to discuss his Storm King comics line with his wife, Sandy King. We also chatted about his album, John Carpenter Anthology 2, Movie Themes, 1976 to 1988. And we spoke about the True Story Anthology series, John Carpenter's Suburban Screams, which is streaming on Peacock. Carpenter directed one episode of the series involving a phone stalker. Now, talking to John Carpenter is a supremely exciting and, quite frankly, it's humbling because he is a legend. There's no way around it. He is a legend. And he's incredibly gracious during interviews. But it's also, frankly, it's a tricky interview because he doesn't necessarily give long answers. And he has been interviewed many, many times, and I've interviewed him in the past myself. And I think he's probably just over the process of talking about himself and promoting his own stuff. I get the sense that he could just talk about music and video games all day long, but, you know, in the course of an interview, you secure the interview, and you have that responsibility to talk about that new project. That's why you got the interview time slot. So that's what I had to do as well. So, And I I imagine also he was just exhausted after a pretty long day of New York Comic Con. Still, as as you will hear, he does get excited talking about music and video games and Kurt Russell. He really lights up when I ask him about Kurt Russell. So for this Halloween 2023 short episode, let's talk to the creator of Halloween, as well as They Live, The Thing, and The Mouth of Madness, Escape from New York, Bit Trouble in Little China, Christine, on and on and on. So let's get to it. Uh, first off, John, I listened to Anthology 2, and I'm loving it. I was fortunate. I've seen you in concert a couple times. Yeah. And no, it was a good experience. I loved it. Okay. So Anthology 2, what was sort of your approach to remixing some of your original themes for, for this one? What we wanted to do is, is, is bring them up to date. Bring, you know, my music, most of the stuff was made way back when, when uh, synthesizers were a little more primitive than they are today. So that's the main thing, is bringing it, having a nice, crisp new performance and bringing it into modern age. 
When you do that, does it make you kind of fall in love in a fresh way with some of your previous work, whether it's the music or the films themselves? But, no, I don't ever look at my own movies or think about them after they're done. Them being done is a reward. Yeah. I love it when they're finished. But when you take a new polish to the music itself... Oh, I mean, it feels good. Yeah? It's nice. So I know uh, you and your wife are also behind the Storm King comics. That's right. Uh, just from your perspective, I mean, why do you think comic books is a good storytelling medium that makes you actually want to be involved with this? It's a whole different medium than the other stuff I've done, than screenplays or short stories or something like that. And it's fun. It's different. Different challenges. Right? I'm really enjoying it. Were you ever a comic books kid yourself? Love comics, sure. Like what? What's what was your well, comic? Well, you know, I loved Iron Man. I loved um, anything that Gene Colan drew. He drew a lot of horror comics, and I liked Thor. Mm-hmm. Well, man, those old EC comics. Those are the ones that, like, I wasn't. I was too young to read them on the first batch, but I got hand-me-downs through like flea markets sure. and then uh, other relatives and everything. Do you think that informed any of your own kind of storytelling aesthetic when it comes to with when it comes to the horror genre? Sure, of course it did. Yeah, I loved the early EC. Yeah, I loved them, and uh, they they've really been influencing me. Yeah. yeah. Is there any monster that sticks out in your mind from like when you were a kid that you you saw that really made an impression? No, uh, no, they all kind of did. I I was like the swamp kind of monsters yeah. that come out of yeah, the water yeah, and everything. Yeah. Um, so you're also you're doing this uh, suburban screams on That's Peacock, right. That's uh, right. uh, based on supposedly based on true stories, right? That's right. Uh, what was the appeal for you to get involved with that thing? Well, it's something I haven't ever done before in many ways. One is that they're true stories. I haven't really done that. And secondly, I got to remotely direct. In other words, I direct from my living room. So the cast and crew, were they were in Prague, and I was in my living room looking at my big TV screen. And through through the TV screen was through the lens of the camera. And it was great. Worked out just great. Is this the same setup? Uh, where you play video games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you clearly you've got a good setup if you're playing video games it. on there. Yeah. Uh, so when you're doing directing this remotely, I know you did the phone stalker episode, right? Uh-huh. Well, that story, I mean, it's a really creepy story. Why was that a story that you picked as far as, okay, this is one out of this batch that I'll do? I just thought I could do something with it. Get it I got the right actress, and I could do something that made you feel creeped out. Mm-hmm. what she went through that's basically it. like when you're were you conducting the interviews as well or no i was there okay listening to somebody else conduct them because sandy was in Prague, right yeah. she was actually yeah. on set for this yeah. thing that's right is there's moment when people are telling their stories do you fully believe them or do you have this moment of skepticism about it's a good story but i don't know that i actually buy it I'm always skeptical about people talking about uh, supernatural things or weird things, you know. Uh, I'm always slightly skeptical, but that's okay. I can also embrace it. Yeah. And and in a way, it didn't matter whether it was true. It made a good story. Obviously, I think people, um, when we talk about suburban horror, we think about, you know, Halloween. And now you're doing the suburban screams is... Uh, has suburbia gotten more or less terrifying throughout the decades? Well, 
Are people less terrifying than they were? You, you, you tell me. No, who? No, it's about the same. It's uh, you know the world is can be a very scary place. Yeah. Yeah. And we mentioned video games, but uh, I know you're a fan of Fallout, right? Fallout mm-hmm. 76? Very much. When you're playing these games, because I like Fallout, and I watch some of these other games, and it seems like they do have these cutscenes of this cinematic quality to it. Uh-huh. Do you think video games have approached cinema-level storytelling? Some of it, sure. It depends on the game. Sure. What's been a game you've played where you looked at the story and you thought, that... That is movie level. That's movie quality. Well, I don't know if I've ever seen that exactly, but uh, the Borderlands games, I just it depends on how immersive it gets. And when I'm playing something that I just get immersed in, and I do several times, the Fallout games I do. I know there's been talk about adapting um, Big Trouble in Little China into a video game, yeah. right? If that were to ever come to pass, would you want to direct some of the, the scenes, the cutscenes? I could. I could. I yeah. think I think partially we're all wanting you to get back in the director's chair more. What would that take? Well, I don't know. Just uh, an interest in doing something. Yeah. And 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 the circumstances being right. Well, uh, you. I mean, suburbia and people are more terrifying. Also, you would look at a movie like They Live, that feels more relevant now to me than it did when it even came out. Is that ever something you would, a world you would ever want to go back to? Sure. It's an interesting world, yeah. Yeah. Have you given thought to, like, what's going on I, in that world? Uh, not really. I mean, it would, it would be a struggle, the human race struggling mm-hmm. against uh, another type of invader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, you worked with Kurt Russell a lot, and uh, I don't know what kind of communication you guys have back and forth now, but... Would you work with him again? Is that love to? I was always he was always great. Like obviously, and he's done incredible work even in this part of his career. He always does incredible work. Let me tell you, I've never seen him be bad ever. What like what is it about? Like when you're seeing not even when you're directing him, but when you're seeing him in other movies, what is it about Kurt Russell that makes you like him as an actor? He just embraces the character, and he knows how to play these characters, and if it fits with him. That's what he looks for, something that fits with him, makes sense. He's just fantastic. What kind of story would you want to do with him? I don't know, something good. Do an, another thing movie or do something else. I don't know. I'm open to anything. Well, The Thing just had its 40th anniversary last year, uh-huh. right? It, with that movie, obviously it was a big movie and then unfortunately underperformed at the box office. I think we can blame E.T. partially for that, right? Um, and now you have this incredible legacy with that film. If you can put on those 2020 uh, hindsight glasses, would you have preferred it to hit big back then commercially and have no legacy? Or do you like the fact that it built up to this legacy? I would prefer not that choice. I would rather have a different choice. I would rather have it open huge and build a legacy obviously but uh now you always want your movie to work with an audience that's what you that's the goal mm-hmm. and i wish i wish the thing had more so yeah i really do well it does now obviously yeah people some people like it yeah i, I would say that a lot of people like it i would say that it ranks up there okay. i mean before I, we i let you go 
I'm I'm just so fascinated by again like the suburbs and everything and was there ever any kind of urban legends from your neighborhood growing up that stuck with you whether it was like that creepy old house at the end of the block or that's what it was there was a creepy old house on cemetery road where a murder took place in my town that I was growing up in and uh, sure don't go in that house guys it's haunted so were there dares amongst you and your buddies of course did you go in there did you do it of course like how long what was the challenge I'm not going to tell you any more than that Go in, just go in the place, you know. But I did. That's. Uh, did anything happen to you? Not a thing. Not Nothing. a thing. It was boring. It's. Uh, I love those kinds of challenges because they form us at a young age. Uh, sure. They sure. So I, I know you've got to go, sir. But um, I just want to. I want to say, like, I think we all appreciate everything that you've contributed to the genre, to just everything in general. Um, I don't know. What else do you want to work on? What's next, dude? I don't know, but we'll see. And thank you very much. You're kind. Thank you. Thank you, John. I appreciate it, sir. You take care. And that was director, writer, composer, John Carpenter at New York Comic Con. And I just want to say a big thanks to this legend for taking a few minutes to chat with me. Hopefully it was not too painful of a process. And I knew he escaped from New York, but hopefully he escaped from the interview without uh, hating life or hating me too much. (laughs) So what's your favorite John Carpenter flick? It's a tough call for me. Obviously, I love Halloween, but it might be a closer call between Big Trouble in Little China and The Thing and In the Mouth of Madness. And um, yeah, okay, so this is actually pretty hard to, to pen down. What's my favorite John Carpenter movie? But what's yours? Anyhow, Carpenter does lend his name to the Peacock series, John Carpenter's Suburban Screams, and he even directed an episode, and he hasn't really directed for uh, quite a while, so that's a pretty notable moment. So that is available to stream now. And that is it for me in a brief special Halloween episode of Talking Strange. I'm Aaron Sagers, and until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. (laughs) 